I'm your health coach, Melissa Lee. Here at Thriving with Nourishment Health, I provide women with the resources to reclaim fertility and celebrate periods through the lens of functional medicine. It is time to empower ourselves with natural solutions over band-aid medicines. We will get to the root cause of symptoms to see the bigger picture. Let us find the ability to heal ourselves, get back to Mother Nature, and live in a healthier world. Hi everyone, say hi to Alison Locke. She's a licensed acupuncturist, registered member of the College of Traditional Chinese Medicine, practitioner, practitioners and acupuncturists of <laughs> British Columbia. Well, that's a really long name. Yes, it is. <laughs> Alison has been on the show before, so you can refer to episode 98, where we actually talked about the use of acupuncture and traditional Chinese medicine for PCOS. Um, mm -hmm. I'm really happy to have you back on the show today to talk about another big condition in women's health, endometriosis. So as a Stage three endo warrior herself, Alison is extremely passionate in helping treating the pain and symptoms of endometriosis. So I can't wait to dive deep into this because I think there's a lot of things that are, you know, not known or maybe like misunderstood. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And also we're going to be talking about how we can treat it holistically, including the use of Chinese medicine. So welcome back. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. And yeah, endometriosis is one of my favorite topics to talk about. So I'm really excited. <laughs> yeah, I bet. I mean, it's also like, you know, whenever you have a personal journey with it, it brings you that mm -hmm. much closer to it. Um, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, so let's dive right into it. And you can bring in your okay. personal experience too, if you want to. Sure. Um, just let the listeners know what is endometriosis? Yeah, so it's basically a big uh, word for uh, the name of a gynecological disease that is characterized by the presence and the growth of tissue that is similar, uh, but not the same tissue that lines the uterine lining, the endometrium, um, and it grows on areas outside of the uterus. Why does that happen? Like, is there a root cause for that genetically? Like, <laughs> yeah, so it hasn't, there's not a ton of research about endometriosis, unfortunately, it's getting better. Um, so there's no one definitive cause, and we don't know exactly why it happens. There are quite a few different theories. Um, and I think, uh, based on the research that I've done, and, and everything, I think, the main sort of things are, yes, there's a genetic component. Um, and then a lot of it is due, it's basically a birth defect as mm -hmm. your uh, um, reproductive organs are developing when you're a fetus um, and growing as an embryo. Uh, the, the tissue that is supposed to make up the female reproductive organs like the uterus and the ovaries and the fallopian tubes, those all kind of come from the same cell, but they kind of get displaced into other areas of the pelvic cavity as the embryo is growing and developing into a human. And so that kind of plants the seeds for endometriosis to grow. And so then, through whatever environmental or other kind of triggers um, mm -hmm. throughout life and through puberty and, um, and adulthood, somehow that gets triggered and then lesions can grow and cause a whole bunch of issues. Interesting. I feel like that is sort of more of a physical structure that's mm -hmm. kind of leading towards the condition. Like a lot of conditions are stemmed from like, you know, biological processes or lifestyle factors. Yeah. So um, that's really interesting to know. Um, what are the symptoms of endometriosis? Yeah, so the main symptoms are painful periods. 
Um, there's also a lot of non-cyclical pelvic pain. So a lot of pelvic pain outside of your period. Um, and then there can also be painful intercourse, pain with bowel movements, pain with urination, uh, fatigue, infertility. There's often a lot of digestive disturbances, uh, a lot of that kind of stuff. I think that's a lot of pain in the lower Basically region. a lot of pain. Yeah. Pain right. is the number one symptom of endometriosis, that's for sure. But it's kind of funny because a lot of, uh, I mean, not funny, but a lot of people that have endometriosis also don't have a lot of pain too. And so that's kind of how a lot of people are underdiagnosed and not given the right care because there's so many, there's so many different symptoms of endometriosis, but also it presents so differently in each person that it can be really hard to identify. Interesting. Um, I used to work with a coworker before and I think she had endometriosis, but at that time mm-hmm. I didn't know what it was, but she would like bowl over in pain all the time oh, every month and she would have to yeah. like be wheeled out. So I imagine that the pain is quite hard to deal with. Yeah, it can be, it can be really bad for an unfortunate number of people. And it's extremely common. Like I think one in one in 10 women have endometriosis, um, so it's a, an extremely common condition. So a lot of people are probably walking around not knowing they have it or not getting properly right. diagnosed, properly treated. And, and yeah, it can be really bad for a lot of people. So, you know, personally, how did you get diagnosed with endometriosis? Like if it's really common and like, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes painful cramps are also like an acceptance, right? In our society, like, oh, it's supposed to be that painful, but it yeah. really isn't. Yeah. Yeah. So I was actually... Um, I did not know I had endometriosis for the longest time, even after I became an acupuncturist and specialized in reproductive medicine and fertility, I still didn't know I had endometriosis for quite a few years. Um, So yeah, it's kind of funny. I ended up being diagnosed with the disease that I treat every day in clinic, which is pretty serendipitous, but um, I basically went to a walk-in clinic um, to get my iron levels tested because they're, they've always been historically low. Um, my doctor asked me a few questions about, uh, my menstrual cycle. I mentioned it can be a little bit irregular sometimes. So she said, let's just do a pelvic ultrasound and see if there's anything going on. And I've never had one before. So I thought, sure, why not? Mm-hmm. Um, and then through that pelvic ultrasound, I, um, ended up having a cyst that was later, diagnosed to be an endometrioma, which is a specific type of cyst that only occurs with endometriosis. So it's basically endometriosis growing on the ovary in the kind of cyst form. Um, And so that was how I ended up being diagnosed. Wow. So you didn't have any of those like painful symptoms, like really painful? Not a ton. No. Yeah, Mm. no, my periods have always been fairly manageable. Um, just slightly irregular, but it's actually gotten a lot better the past couple of years. Mm yeah, they're not, they're not too heavy. I don't have a lot of, a lot of the symptoms. So I'm kind of part of that subgroup of endometriosis right. um, uh, sufferers that don't have a ton of symptoms. Mm. And it's fairly like, a, they call it like asymptomatic or silent endometriosis. So you, when, you know, during the introduction, um, you were considered a stage three endo warrior. Mm-hmm. So I love the warrior term, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, can you uh, explain a little bit about the stages? Like what's stage three compared to like one? Yeah, that's a really good question. So there's four stages for endometriosis. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's basically characterized. You, you have to get diagnosed 
stages through surgery. So it's basically when the doctors go in with their little cameras and they take a look around and based on their findings, you're ca categorized into one of the four based on the severity, the amount of lesions, where they're at. So small lesions that are just kind of dotting the peritoneal cavity of the pelvis, that's just stage one, stage two, maybe there's larger lesions. If there's anything on your ovaries or really um, large lesions that are uh, like on your digestive system or a bunch on your bladder or mm. stuff like that, then that will be characterized as stage three and four. And so mild to moderate is like stage one, two, and then severe mm. is typically stage three, four. Um, and because I had uh, a very large cystoria on my, my ovary, I was right. categorized as stage three, debatably stage four, but I, I feel like I'm more stage three. Oh, interesting. So, you know, the endometrium can also grow on like various organs that are not in the reproductive system because you mentioned like the yes. bladder and like oh, yeah okay. yeah exactly pretty much anywhere in the pelvis <clears throat> okay and I think officially endo has been found on almost every organ system of the body like it's been mm. found on the lungs even on the brain That's I think crazy. Um, just this past year it's been found on the spleen so mm. like everywhere in the body it's it's so they can just really get into everywhere so when you're faced with like, you know, this sort of condition where it can grow anywhere, um, mm -hmm. what are like the current treatments for it? Like, like what are the pros and cons of like the treatments? Yeah, so there's not awesome treatments for endometriosis currently. So um, <laughs> okay. one, painkillers, obviously, because right. it's a painful condition. We usually yeah. need painkillers to get through our day, get through a period. Um, the second most common treatment method is the birth control pill. Um, which doesn't work for a lot of people with endometriosis because you still, you can still get a lot of symptoms with it. Um, just because you're not having like an actual menstrual period, you're just having the withdrawal bleed from the birth control pill, which can be, you know, less symptomatic than mm -hmm. a regular hormonal, um, cyclical period. Uh, you're still, you're still bleeding and that can still irritate the lesions. And so it doesn't always work for everyone with endometriosis. Um, and then there's also some other hormonal medications um, like progestins, which is synthetic progesterone, which um, can help sort of balance out the estrogenic effect of, of the endometriosis lesions because um, estrogen kind of inflames and aggravates the lesions. It kind of causes them to grow. It's right. kind of like fertilizer. And then progesterone kind of helps dampen that a little bit. And so sometimes um, progesterone progesterone-based medications can help balance out um, sort of the estrogenic effect of the, of the endometriosis lesion. And then there's a whole class of medications that put your body into chemically induced menopause, like Lupron or Alyssa. Um, so, and these medications like severely lower your estrogen levels which can have a lot of really detrimental effects on your body and there you get a lot of side effects and so a lot of these a lot of these medications are really not tolerable by a lot of people mm. um, and then there's surgery which is well laparoscopic excision surgery is considered like the gold standard of treatment for endometriosis so actually going in and removing the lesions is probably the best thing you can do if you have a lot of symptoms a lot of pain um, because yeah, medications cannot 
make the endolesions go away at all. It can help shrink them a little bit, but as soon as you stop medications, they grow right back. And so surgery is one of the best uh, treatment methods because it actually gets rid of them. And Mm -hmm. yes, there's debate of, can it grow back? Is it super successful? How long does the surgery, how long are you, you know, get relief from the surgery? So there's a lot of, a lot of debate and confliction about that. There's not great results and and research um, from those studies, but it does seem to be way more effective than treating it with with medicine. So that's kind of like the Western medicine side of how endometriosis is often treated. Mm, It kind of makes sense because, I mean, it is a structural component. So I guess surgery would make sense. Um, Mm -hmm. I do have a quick question. So like, you know, it kind of grows in like different areas. Like, does that actually affect, I mean, I assume it actually affects your hormone levels. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's why you would get like irregular periods or like the other symptoms as well. Yeah, definitely. So hormonal imbalances is definitely a really common thing with with endometriosis. So Mm -hmm. um, estrogen is kind of what helps the endo lesions grow, but also endometriosis, those lesions in your pelvis also secrete their own estrogen. So they're kind of like it's a cycle, right? Yeah, it's kind of a, a this a really horrible cycle of more estrogen, more inflammation, more estrogen, more inflammation, um, and until you kind of get the hormone balance and inflammation under control, mm-hmm. uh, it can really it can really spiral out of control. Now I'm really curious how we treat this holistically. As you're you know you're giving me all this info, mm-hmm. I'm like, who? What is this map? Can I create like? you know, like, do we address the estrogen and then like the progesterone, mm-hmm. like, uh, walk us through how you would treat this like holistically. Yeah. So yeah, there's a lot that you can do, uh, to treat endometriosis holistically. And the number one thing is because it is primarily an inflammatory disease. The number one thing you can do is reduce inflammation in your body as much as you can. Right. Um, so reducing inflammation and then other things like regulating the immune system and then balancing hormones. Those are definitely the three main things that I, uh, look for in a treatment plan with my patients. So reducing inflammation that looks like, um, an anti-inflammatory diet, a lot of anti-inflammatory herbs and supplements, focusing on gut health and your microbiome, keeping your blood sugar stable, regulating your nervous system. Um, so there's a lot of, you know, diet lifestyle mm. things you can do to reduce inflammation, which I find really helpful for a lot of my patients. Yeah. Um, I definitely target the digestive system a lot. Um, and so people with endometriosis, there's we have a bit of different microbiomes. We have a bit more of the bad bacteria and less of the good bacteria. And so our microbiomes are not optimal. So if we kind of help balance out the good and bad bacteria, that will mm-hmm. really help with leaky gut and reducing inflammation all over our body and helping to balance blood sugar um, and reducing like common gut infections like SIBO, parasites, candida, like treating those kinds of things and really optimizing the gut, I find really, really helpful uh, for treating endometriosis. That's and then of course, yeah, yeah. for... Yeah, for the hormone balance part, we need to make sure that your body's properly detoxifying excess levels of estrogen. So your body, you want to produce estrogen. It's really good for a lot of things in your body. It's good for a normal, healthy, regular menstrual cycle and for your bones and for your heart and skin and a whole bunch of other really good things. But after your body's done with it, you want to make sure you can properly excrete it so it doesn't get reabsorbed into your body and then just causes a bit more of those estrogen dominant symptoms that I often see with patients with endometriosis. And so this means really 
um, optimizing your liver health so your liver can properly detoxify and then making sure your gut health also is really good. <laughs> so um, that phase, that phase three of estrogen detoxification is, is really efficient too. That sounds so aligned to a lot of approaches in functional medicine, even when, mm -hmm. you know, like addressing other conditions as well. So I'm really glad like you kind of laid that out. Um, you know, you talked about the anti-inflammatory diet for endometriosis. Um, my question was, is there a diet for it? But I'm guessing like that's just kind of where it's at, right? Like just reducing inflammation um, and putting in all the good stuff, like the vegetables and the fruit that gives mm -hmm. the body like a break from inflammation. Yeah, definitely. That's, yeah, that's a very good question because there's no, there's no one diet for endometriosis. There's always... Mm -hmm you know, the endo diet kind of being thrown around on like the internet and social media. <laughs> There's a lot of diets being thrown around. There's a lot of diets. Yeah. Yeah. Diet for this, diet for that. I but know. The thing about yeah. diet is that it's so, it's so personal and unique to the individual because yeah. what is great for one person can be awful for another. And that can be, you know, the macronutrients, how much protein, carbs, and fat that you're eating. Mm -hmm. Um, but also like really specific other things too. Um, so yeah, there's no one diet for endometriosis, but I generally recommend, um, an anti-inflammatory diet. So that means removing pro-inflammatory things like sugar, alcohol, coffee, dairy, poor quality oils, a lot of fried greasy stuff, and then increasing anti-inflammatory things. So lots of, yeah, fruits and vegetables, um, leafy greens, all the healthy oils, uh, those that I find really, really important and always, always working on blood sugar stability. Even if you don't have any signs of diabetes or PCOS, I find mm. working on stabilizing your blood sugar throughout the day. So eating your regular three meals, not skipping any meals, making sure there's lots of good quality protein and healthy fats, which each meal um, can really help with regulating inflammation levels because when your insulin's like spiking and going all over the place right. throughout the day, so do your stress hormones and then so does inflammation. And so I find keeping your blood mm. sugar stable throughout the whole day is really, really helpful for helping any kind of chronic pain syndrome. That's a really good tip. I'm really glad you brought the blood sugar uh, mm -hmm. thing up because um, you know, it's also really affected by stress and stress can really yeah. cause our glucose to go up and also rise yeah. and people can get like insulin resistance just from stress alone. So yeah, that's a really that's good very one true. Know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's often not caught until it's like too late. And it's like, oh, actually now you're pre-diabetic when there's right. actually so much we can do to help mm -hmm. maintain healthy blood sugar throughout our lives and being mon and monitoring it regularly too. Mm -hmm. That's so true. So how does, you know, in your realm of traditional Chinese medicine, how does that and acupuncture actually help with endometriosis? Yeah, so acupuncture is definitely one of my favorite things for, for using to treat endometriosis. Um, and that's because it really communicates with the nervous system to uh, release, you know, the pain relieving neurotransmitters. It's really anti-inflammatory. So it helps support the immune system. And, you know, people with endometriosis have a bit of a wonky immune system that needs a bit more support. Um, it's really good for increasing healthy blood flow, regulating your hormones, helping with the digestive system. So there's so many mechanisms of, of acupuncture and then how it translates into helping um, the bodies of the people with endometriosis. So yeah, acupuncture is one of my favorite, favorite tools for endometriosis. That's, um, oh, your dog's so cute. Sorry, my cat. <laughs> my oh, cat's making an appearance. <laughs> that is so cute. Um, 
as well outside track so like you know <laughs> acupuncture use um do you like if someone is feeling pain in a certain region because they have like a lesion there um mm-hmm. that's like you know do you like do certain acupuncture points in that region only or is it just like a whole general thing yeah that's a really good question so i i definitely love doing um like local points over the abdomen uh, for people with endo, I find it really, really helpful for the pain and the bloating. But then I, I definitely do a lot of uh, distal acupuncture too. So that means a lot of points on, um, there's some good pain relieving points on the hands. I do a little bit of uh, master dong acupuncture, which is, uh, there's a lot of good finger points that help a lot with hormone balance and reproductive disorders. There's a lot yeah. of good leg points uh, that I also find uh, really helpful for, for kind of like reducing kind of the uterine cont- contractility and like uh, the high prostaglandins that, that cause a lot of uh, the period cramping and the period pain. So yeah. it's definitely a full body treatment. Uh, and awesome. then I'm always, always working on uh, regulating the nervous system, reducing stress because endometriosis is a really stressful condition and anything that you can kind of do to, to calm the stress hormones is really going to help with pain too. Very nice. I think that's very logical in the way you assess things uh, alongside with all the nutritional, uh, you know, tips that you offered earlier. Um, So are there any other aspects of Chinese medicine that you use to treat endometriosis, like, you know, like using herbs or other techniques? Um, Yeah, I definitely do love using herbs. Um, So I do, yeah, I do do a lot of Chinese herbs with um, my patients with endometriosis. I do find it really helpful for kind of supplementing in between acupuncture sessions. Right. Um, And so I do a lot of herbs that will help a lot of, uh, a lot of movement. So endometriosis Mm. in in Chinese medicine, it's usually because a lot of things are stuck and that can kind of make sense because there's physical lesions that are blocking, you know, the circulation and the flow in the pelvis. And so I do do a lot of like breaking up the blood stagnation and breaking up chi stagnation, warming up the meridians and stuff. I I find that's really helpful for a lot of people with endo. Um, and especially if they like can't come in for acupuncture very often, um, I find the Chinese herbs like really good for in-between sessions to really help keep up the momentum that we're building. Mm, okay. So if someone's listening to this and they want to come visit you, um, also, are you, you know, are you seeing patients like in person only because of the acupuncture or do you do mm-hmm. like remote work as well? Like how can they find you? Yeah. So I am currently only licensed in British Columbia. Um, so I can see people in person in the clinic that I work at in Vancouver. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm also able to see people virtually uh, if you live in BC. Um, I'm trying to work on expanding my reach a little bit. It's in the works. I'm still working out um, uh, licensing and liability insurance and stuff. So I'm hoping sometime this year to be able to see uh, people virtually, no matter no matter where you are, mm-hmm. and, and so yeah, virtually you don't get the actual physical acupuncture component, but there is so so much that you can do besides just acupuncture to help with endometriosis. I find it's just like one of the one of the awesome pillars that helps reduce symptoms and reduce pain. But there's also just so much else that you can do. Right. So I do find virtual consultations when you're when you're treating um, patients mm-hmm. with endometriosis still really really beneficial. 
That's awesome. And also let the viewers know where they can find you. I love your Instagram. That's why. Oh, thanks. Yeah, that's where, that's where I hang out mostly. Um, I'm CFC Healing on Instagram. Um, I just redid my website. So it's, that's cfchehealing.com. You can find more information there. And um, I've got some some resources and contact info and stuff there. Um, and yeah, I do try to respond to, to all my DMs on Instagram and try mm. to find, try to help people find local acupuncturists and stuff. Uh, local to them that can help them or any referrals and stuff I, I always do my best to try to try to help yeah awesome I mean I think if someone's listening to this um, and they really need help with endometriosis I'm going to put all the links in the show notes so they can come find you um, thank you for coming back that was a really great conversation yeah thank you for having me <laughs>